Coming up on this episode of Bro, Do You Even Talk Pinball, we've got news of a new P3 module, Big Bane Bar remake, Scooby-Doo updates. We're also going to talk about the hot topic, Cheater Ramps. All then and more coming right up. And now, the Hall & Oates of Pinball Podcasting, Nick Lane and Kevin Manny of Buffalo Pinball. Whoa, boom shakalaka! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Brody Even Talk Pinball for February 2023. What's going on? This is Kevin. Over here, over there is Nick. That's right. That's right. If you didn't know, now right. you know. Uh, I didn't have my original sound on, but I got it on now, so it should be better. There See, you go. It was the test. The audio engineer is going to get fired. <laughs> That's right. Was it, was it Sergeant Skis fired? Yeah. We need a new, new audio engineer next time. We haven't paid him, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's hard to get fired. What's going on? So, Nick, what's new? What's new with you? I have no idea. I don't know. It's another uh, another month, another show. I don't even know what happened the last month. I was yeah, trying to not think much. What we talked about last <laughs> it's month. Well, be a great I know, actually, I, I do know what we talked about last month, but uh, anyways, I don't know. Um, All right. Another so, month. Something, something Neo Geo. Well, yeah, I got, I got a table full of parts. We'll talk about that uh, in game room updates. We got some news. We got some Q&A. We got some, some, some good stuff this month. It's going to be a little different, a little fun. Uh, well, let's get right into it with some pinball news. Here's the tip. It's the latest pinball news. So hot, it's on fire. All right. Up first, uh, leading it off this, this, this time, this month, uh, we're going over here and we're going to talk about Scott Denisi uh, is the creative director for the next P3 games, which I'm super stoked about as a P3 owner. I think it's one of the things we all kind of hoped was going to happen once he... We knew he was getting involved with Multimorphic. We, I, you know, he got a P3. Then he started working on sound stuff. He did the audio package for Weird Al and wrote a couple songs for that. He put some of his music into um, Silver Falls and into Rocks. And he's got one of his tracks in Flipper Foxtrot. So uh, he's been pretty heavily involved in a number of different Multimorphic projects since he started there. But this is going to be the first uh physical new module that he's uh involved in the creation of uh multimorphic does it a little differently they don't have like a playfield designer and a programmer and, and a this and a that they obviously have people who specialize in all these things but they they put together a creative team and they all work on it collaboratively so he's he's heading up the creative design for this next module so that's kind of it's kind of how it's going to work um it this was uh a, a, a so multi multimorphic extends out their like regular updates via email to owners of of the of the p3 platform and then this was kind of snuck in right at the end that he was the the creative director of the next game so um uh, if you don't know scott he's the creator of total nuclear annihilation and rick and morty for spooky that's those are the the project he's most well known for but um yeah he's been working on a bunch of uh, p3 stuff ever since uh nick what do you think about scott doing a new game for the p3 sounds like a good fit i think the p3 is a good platform for scott yeah why, what what makes you say that like you think you think it's like the the amount of like innovation and stuff he can do on that platform or what do you think what 
what why do you, what do you think ma- makes it a good match for the p3 I, I don't understand you want me to back up my opinion <laughs> yeah this is pinball kevin <laughs> oh, you just okay. say your all opinion right. and walk away all right moving on <laughs> no i think uh i think that scott is a uh, i think he tends towards innovation and i think he doesn't think just strictly what's traditional right um and and then to me that's the p3 right like thinking outside the box a little bit, being willing to take risks, being willing to do something different. That's what that's, that's kind of like what Scott does. And that's kind of what the P3 does. So it sounds like a good match. Yeah, I agree with you. It's, um, I, I mostly just wanted to see how much he base he can get out of the, the subwoofer in the P3. So <laughs> if, uh, the song in rocks is any, any indication, I'm going to need some more, uh, uh, rattle resistant tape on my glass. But uh, <laughs> maybe even hook up a subwoofer up to the P3 and really, really bring it home. So I'm looking forward to that. So hopefully we'll be getting more news from that soon. Uh, not much else to report on that. It's just a, a little teaser there from the folks out at Multimorphic. But, uh, you know, when there's a month with not much, uh, not much pinball news, there's no, no new pinball reveal. We haven't actually seen any gameplay of uh, the, the $20,000 007 game yet. Um, those aren't shipping yet. Uh, you know, 007, the other version, you can finally stack modes and multiballs. Thank God. So, the uh, you know, this is this is the the top story of the month. All it's right, it's cool next. because they caught up to like late '90s rules. That's where <laughs> they're at right now. Watch the progress happen. Before Five months later, we, you can finally stack a mode and a multiball. I haven't gone in that thread, but the amount the amount of celebration that must be going on that you can finally stack a mode of multiball, they must must be insane. <laughs> you put the bar that low. <laughs> yeah you know you just lower it so far and then you know any little incremental update it's like they're up to code point eight seven or something like that <laughs> dude such a hill F- to climb with that game f in the chat though for people who don't like stacking they thought they had their game exactly <laughs> exactly <laughs> finally i don't have to worry about stacking you know i start a new thing it just totally ends the mode i don't care. they're just gonna stay on the old code they're gonna unplug their game from the internet so it never updates and that's it. They've got their simple game where there's, they don't have to worry about stacking. No one's giving them shit. Bro, you didn't stack that mode with that multi-ball? And they're like, whoa. You know, like, that's it. <laughs> oh, God. I don't understand. What's going on? All right. Uh, you ready for some other hot news? Let's go over here to uh, uh, our folks, at, our friends at Nap Arcade. Uh, a rumor, unexpected company to remake one of the world's rarest pinball machines this spring. They're talking about uh, Capcom's Big Bang Bar. And I guess technically this would be a re-remake because this was already remade once in like the late 2000s. And so this is a Capcom game that never made it to full production uh, in the late 90s. And then in the 2000s, there was a small run of, I think, like 100 or so. Um, And then it's just kind of been one of those holy grail games that collectors uh you know kind of like gravitated towards because there weren't that many and there's always this like kind of high dollar value game um but yeah it's uh i don't think have, you've played big bag bar right nick uh i've played it a handful of times yeah and it's been a it's been a while like not even remotely enough time to form an opinion about the game yeah it's just kind of it's it's fun but it's like a 90s game you know it's 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 pretty basic (laughs) i don't know yeah it's a it's a game of its time right like this is we're talking what 10 20 almost 30 years ago now like i don't know it's it's i think you and i definitely gravitate towards newer games and and a lot of the 
pinball market gravitates towards newer games. And, you know, Big Bang Bar, what made it interesting was it was this rare game, right, that most people haven't played. Um, not saying it's a good or bad game, right, but, like, it was that rarity that got the attention and got people to, to want it more than anything else. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's... I'm glad they're making more of it for people who want it. Like, I like seeing that, right? Like, there's a market for the game and there's people who want it. It's always good news when they're producing more of that game so that people can have it at a, you know, quote unquote, reasonable price. Yeah. Uh, I Two things. I think it's going to lose a little bit of its allure once there's more of them out there. You know what I mean? Once people get their hands on it and are like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's game's fine. Um, the other thing is, the interesting part about this news is it's, allegedly an unexpected company uh making this game so the the nap arcade post says chicago gaming company but i've heard raw thrills which to me would be more unexpected than chicago gaming chicago gaming seems like like they're they're the company that makes remakes like you would expect them to be the one to make this uh if raw thrills is getting into pinball that could be interesting um you know do we need another manufacturer i don't know (laughs) so uh but if you know broth thrills is really the, they're the main manufacturer of arcade games these, these days them and basically ice are the, like the two big players in the arcade and redemption area so if they start getting into pinball uh and you know uh, josh sharp works there so this would not be a huge um stretch to imagine they, they might have interest in doing this what um, we need from raw thrills pretty cool. is yeah. is big buck hunter reloaded the pinball machine. We've got the pro. Need the reloaded, just like there's a pro arcade machine and and the reloaded arcade machine. You gotta make it happen, Josh. All right. Are you happy with the reception that the original one got? We're gonna give you a second chance. I love it. I love. We all know I love the original Big Bucker on your pro pinball, but as the kids like to say, do better. What's uh? What's on your, I hate that, your, I hate your that ideal phrase, by the way. Big Buck Hunter pinball machine? But, what 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 do you want to see on there? What what I want to see for the new one? Yeah yeah. Oh, well, we got to have ladies dancing. That was emitted from the original <laughs> one. Now that we've got LCD screens, like <laughs> let's use those assets. Um, I, I think a couple movable deer, you know, like you got to go, you got to go bigger, right? Like you've got one deer on the original one. You need a bunch of animals that run across and you just total chaos and murder. The uh, such a big focus of that game is not hitting the, the does. You need like yeah. a doe that you need to avoid, right? Yeah, you do. That would be that would be true. You need Even to have if like, it's not um, like an actual thing in the game, like uh, something in the rules that plays to that. I think I'm not saying this is a good idea. <laughs> All right, but we're just ta- we're just spitballing here. We're- I say a thing where um, I don't know. You like lock the balls on. This is just stupid thinking out loud. You like you lock the balls like on the in lane, like that's an in lane ball lock. Uh huh. This is probably not going to work in any way, but like. And then when you've either locked them all or drained the ones in the out lane, then the game like sends all the animals out and feeds you the balls, and you try to murder as many animals and not hit. And does also pop up like pop up targets or something. I, I, I got an idea for this. What if is that not? If I'm going for not terrible, if I can get a not, that's not a terrible idea. If, I'll take what, it. What if instead of in lane ball locks, you had uh, a ball lock on the apron that sh- was shaped like a a, a, a dick? And then they shot out like that. <laughs> Scooby did that. No. Scooby already has the inlane dick lock. Oh, we got, man, we're like we're like 15 minutes into the show and we already got there. I'm well, sorry. you did it. You were you were you just 
You couldn't wait. You guided me there. Uh, oh, okay. All right, so, you know, there, there's story number two. We're really, really pulling out the news this month. Speaking of spooky, <laughs> leads us right into our next, uh, our next story. Spooky, Scooby-Doo, uh, they finally revealed some gameplay video. Uh, and they did this. So it was not a live stream. It was a pre-recorded YouTube video that they premiered on YouTube. Um, and they basically showed one four-player game that took about an hour. And uh, did you watch this, Nick? Wait, it was a like they played one game of four players and the game was an hour long? Yeah, pretty much. It was like 45 minutes, I think. Oh, wow. Okay, so yeah. that's a long... Unless these guys are all really good, that's a long playing game. I, can, I still see the dicks on that. Uh, pixelated image you put kevin will never not see them Ooh, big buck on the p3 hmm i like that sorry i'm going back to big buck i, I is that a show that i have no interest in scooby-doo did you watch the the gameplay video or not <clears throat> i like not really i clicked on my i saw it in my feed i clicked on into my phone watched it for maybe 45 seconds and then turned it off you know i mean because yeah. it's, it's hard to i don't know it's hard to really know it's you know yeah, I guess my overall impression was it, it was not as bad as I was expecting, but my expectations were pretty low um, coming out of Halloween and Ultraman. Um, it's better, better, looks better than I was expecting. Um, but again, yeah, it's going to come down to, you know, what is the depth of the rules? What's the polish? Is the game going to crash like like Ultraman and Halloween do? You know, <laughs> is, is it going to, if if you tilt the game, is it going to like, start your ball over like Halloween did for us that one time, you know, you need all this you, when they present a video like that. And it's all like, all right, we got this one really good game. Nothing bad happened. Put that one. That's going to be the game that goes out and we're not going to do it live. Um, they, they presented this in a more controlled format, so they could have avoided some of that stuff, but we'll see, man, they're, they're making them, they're, they're building them. So they're still not sold out though. So if you, if you still want one, you can get one. Um, here's some of the production updates. Um, I think they're working on the first 50, they said. Um, and they're also still hiring voice talent, which I found interesting. They, they put up this post saying, oh yeah, we hired Scott Innes, who has done voices for over 500 Scooby-Doo toys, video games, movies, blah, blah, blah. Like, aren't these the details you should already have as part of the game development process? Shouldn't they... Shouldn't there already be all of this stuff in the game before you start building it and shipping it out? Uh, and if it's not, would I make a big deal about the fact that we're just hiring this person? Maybe not. I don't know. I think yeah. it just speaks to like their uh, their process, their build-in production process. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think we have more than... We have plenty of justification to be skeptical. Right, and I think it, uh, number one, it's always the build quality seems to be the the number one issue. Like, yeah, I can get to the game crashing or the lackluster rules or bad audio. Ban or at least I can't even get to those issues when I can't get past issue number one with with build quality issues. Right, like that's 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 a big hang up for me. So, listen, I I, I hope they uh, have a better product. I hope it's better than what we saw with uh, Halloween, where you know, more than a year later, there's, there's issues with that game. And I, I don't know. Listen, <laughs> we'll, we'll, it remains to be seen. Um, James is getting one, right? Yes. Yeah. So we'll get All to stream right. it. We'll get to stream it. Maybe we'll and make we'll, the the ball fall in the cabinet. You know, we'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
yeah and like like i mentioned if you uh if you want to buy one you can still buy one because they're not sold out so this again kind of bucking the trend of all the previous spooky releases you know that sold out in hours or days uh between tna and this there's the i should say tna 2.0 and this um yeah sales have definitely slowed so We'll yeah, I think I just wish that Spooky at this point in time, they've been in business for so many years now that I wish they just graduated to a more sophisticated company, right? That's all. Mm-hmm. You know, I think we're, we're, I don't think we're even remotely harsh or hard on them at, at this point. And I think it's like long overdue. Like, I think they got a pass for a long time um, because we thought of this like new startup kind of deal. But no, this is like, they've played plenty of games plenty of issues and um they just kind of move forward and crank forward why because well people keep on buying them so i can't in that sense like you know they're doing something somewhat rational yeah in that case. yeah they're definitely meeting a, a market need there's a uh you know a, a audience who are hungry for these themes and they like their you know their limited run games and stuff like that so i can appreciate that but yeah like you said maybe Maybe it's time to step it up, and you know the fact that these aren't selling out shows that maybe the party's over a little bit when it comes to to you know what they've shown so far. Hopefully, their new platform and and everything will will be like up to speed where they. Uh... I'm gonna make so, a real bold prediction, Kevin. This game oh, is yeah, gonna here we go. Spooky's uh, Scooby Doo is gonna be better than Halloween. Oh man! All right, yeah. I, that's that's a hot take right there. That's a hot take. Yeah, <laughs> I I hope so because yeah <laughs> yeah. Where's um man? I wanted to do show Swords of Vengeance, and I don't have it here. H- hang on a sec. Uh, we're really uh, yeah, it is in here. It's uh, it's you know, here. it's it's Saturday morning. Take a sip of your coffee <laughs> and give Kevin a fucking break. Okay. I don't. I didn't have my my stuff sorted out. So here we go. Here's a uh, Swords of Vengeance. We uh, we have a new um, basically 2.0 kit for uh, an old pinball machine. Um. This is Anthony Van Winkle from Paradigm Tilt. That's the uh, the company making Swords of Fury 2.0. They're calling it Swords of Vengeance. Um, it's basically bringing new rules, new code, new music, new audio. Uh, I was really pretty impressed with the uh, the concept art that they showed, uh, and it's going to have um, some of these animations and stuff on the screen. And uh, yeah, so you can see some of the the display animations here. It's it's pretty well done. Um, be curious to see how they integrate that play field. Cause I, that's a game I liked a lot, but the gameplay on it is very one dimensional. Um, you know, basically if you're playing it, you're probably either trying to start a, mul- a multi-ball or, or do the drop targets at the top on, on the old code. And, uh, yeah, so it's, it's a, an interesting layout that I think could, some, some cool stuff could be done with. And obviously everybody likes the, the lion man theme. Um, so this is one I'll be interested to follow up with um but you know after stuff like the uh funhouse 2.0 i'm a little hesitant you know i, <laughs> I think there there's great ambition with these games and these 2.0 updates but you know realizing the the update to a classic game like that it's not always easy and um you know even s- simple things like the voice like it's not simple if it was simple they would have got it right that like the voice of rudy in funhouse 2.0 like Funhouse is so iconic that you you associate Rudy with that voice and it's not the right voice and you can't get over it. And, um, you know, will it have the sophistication of a an actual like like, you know, Stern or JJP game or whatever? 
this remains to be seen. It's always hard from new startup companies, right? Yeah, I saw somebody's comment when this was posted that this is this is kind of great and all, but I wish it came out like on the P3 or something. And and yeah, I agree, I agree with that, right? Like how many people have uh Swords of Fury, Swords of what is it called? Sword of- Swords of Vengeance is the new one. Yeah, what's what's the original one called? Swords of Fury, yeah. Swords of Fury. Um how many people have a Swords of Fury? Right. And like looks look there looks like there's a good amount of time put into this and invested in it. So I it's kind of cool, but I think you were going to ultimately reach a larger audience if you made it for the P3. And maybe he, maybe he could bring it over to the P3 and make something unique out of it. I, I don't know. Yeah, that'd be cool to see, like a, a Swords of Fury 2.0 on the P3. Well, let's go. Let's make it happen. <laughs> the, we need the, like, the Lion Man trilogy, so maybe, maybe the third one could be on the P3. <laughs> All right, so stay tuned for more on that. I'll be keeping a lookout. It, makes me, it does make me kind of wish I had kept my, my Swords of Fury so I could check this out, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Maybe it'll come back around. Maybe, but then again, maybe it'll push the prices of uh, Swords of Fury up through the roof, and then I won't feel like paying that much for it. Yeah. So Neil W in chat says uh, the production on it was you know two thousand seven hundred five units on Swords of Fury. That's a very low production when you consider Adam's family like best selling quote unquote is like twenty thousand, right? Like in that time period, the eighties and nineties, that's low production. Got to figure maybe half of those went overseas, or you know forty percent. It's not a lot out there. Not a, yeah. not a not a not a lot, unfortunately. So very cool. Um, I love watching the, what these creative people are doing to bring life to these older games. I I think my one thing is like I just hope it can find a larger audience, right? Especially if it is good. Yeah, exactly. Uh, how much does the kit cost? Dave's arcade is asking. Yeah, it's not for sale yet. Um, they just announced that it's it's being developed. There 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 had been some news of this previously, but now this is like a more formal announcement of the game finally um so yeah so cost is cost is to be determined still and uh i guess we'll see we'll we'll keep you posted in the in the months to come <clears throat> and that's all we got for news this month that's it that's it january <laughs> not a great month for news and pinball but uh we got some other cool stuff we're going to talk about uh and nick brought up this uh this topic this next topic that he wanted to to get into this one and i i'm dubbing it cheater ramps but i, I think he's okay i think uh, we touched upon it like not in an official segment on a podcast it came up um but this is a the official bro discussion on what kevin has appropriately titled cheater ramps all right so you 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 mentioned the uh the swords of or the uh the black knight sword of rage one what what inspired you to want to talk about this this month i i kind of forgot about this so this i've I've seen this before somebody created um, uh Yeah, they, they created this return ramp on Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro for the left side. So on Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro, and also on the premium, there's not a return ramp on the left. They said, you know what? I don't think Steve Ritchie knows what the fuck he's doing. But I do. I do. You know what this game needs? It needs a return ramp to feed the left flipper. That's what the game needs. That's, that's what's missing from this game. So somebody went out there and they crafted this and the return ramp looks kind of nice. I think they did a nice job of it. So instead of the up kicker on the pro on the far left shot, kicking it up to a return ramp on the right, which is the way the game was designed. Okay. It uh, will return it on the left. Right. So I don't think it returns. I think to get it to use the return ramp on the right, just the, it'll be just the up kicker now from the shield. I'm not mistaken. 
Yeah, so the the center ramp, just to the left of the, the ramp, night, will yeah, return okay. it to the right. And then the yep. far left orbit, instead of kicking it onto the wire form, it returns it to the left. All right, so here's the deal. This is We're going to have to put this disclaimer because somebody, some genius is going to refute us with this. Listen, it's my game. I can do what I want with it. All right. This is, this is, I find the game more fun. If I put this, I really wish it put the ball on the left flipper when I hit that shot. I'm going to do what I want with it. Fuck you, Nick and Kevin. Okay. <laughs> fair. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, in all due respect, whatever you purchase and buy, you can obviously, we would not say you can't do that. Right. You're, People, I saw a post recently where they're showing this, and most people were like, "Oh, that's great!" And I was, I was just surprised because I have a totally different take, and I know you do as well. And I showed this to Martha, and she was horrified. She's <laughs> like, "There's nothing wrong with the game," <laughs> but I just want to put it out there. Yes, of course you can do what you want with the game, and, and we can also share our, 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 our thoughts and feelings on that. Right? This is a fun discussion. Listen, I can buy a pinball machine and drill a hole through the playfield if I want to put a little gobble hole where it falls into the thing. I can take feces and smear it all over the game, which will slow the game down, and then let the ball roll around in it. Like I, you can do what you want. It's it's fine. Here's the thing. Here's where I, I I'm curious to hear your reaction to Kev. And unfortunately, you're you're in line with me, so we're not going to hear a really good other side other than it's my game. I can do what I want, which we're not refuting, right? When you do something like that, you've changed the geometry and the rules of the game. The rules of the game is that when you hit the left orbit, it feeds to the right flipper. And then here's the thing with Black Knight. Like, that's how Black Knight is a right flipper heavy game on the first one, on the second one, and on the third one. That's consistent with the design of that game. You've now changed it. So when you do, you can put a ramp in there, but when you put it in there, you no longer own a Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro, the way I say I own a Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro, you have something different. You have a Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro-esque, E-S-Q-U-E. It's, it's kind of like Black Knight, but you've, you've fundamentally changed it. So if you want to say, if you got that cheater ramp and you, you beat the game, you didn't beat Black Knight Sword of Rage Pro. You beat a, a, a different version of the game that you've modified that is not the same thing. And maybe you're, and again, Maybe you're not cl- making those claims. Maybe you're not bragging about. It. Maybe you're fine with it. That's that's cool. Like that's that's fine. That's just my approach. Is like it's like in golf. I play it how it lies. That's what the designer intended for it. All right. Steve Ritchie didn't go on and say, "Hey, go ahead and add this." The game's I, I fucked up on my design after a forty year kind of concept. You can just put a return ramp there. That's the thing. Um, yeah. I, I I mean, I'd be curious in the YouTube comments. I, I would like to hear a really good defense other than it's my game. I bought it. I find it more fun. I'm going to do that, which I'm not refuting. I want to well, hear we, a, a better. I want to hear there's a better argument than I can do what I want with something I own, which is we're not refuting. I just thought of another one, too. So we, got, we have another one. We can talk about it. Um, so uh, AFX in chat says it is a right flipper heavy game, though. Which true. That's what the designer d- intended. Right. It, it is true. Like the game is designed to be a right flipper heavy game. That is how it was designed. Going back to uh, Black Knight One, especially Black Knight Two, and now Black Knight Three. That is. It sounds like if you want to change the game, it sounds like you don't want a Black Knight sort of Rage Pro. It sounds like that's not the game that you want. You want a game that has a left return ramp to the flipper. All right. So that's that's Black Knight. Um, Can I one more, one more thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me. Uh, I'll, I'll find I some more pictures. To, I don't. 
some people won't be able to handle this part of the discussion because they think I'm I'm convoluting it too much. And I'm not saying anybody is doing this, but it goes to the point of changing a game so much. Um, all right, and and the, I, I risk saying this because people I know can't separate what I'm my argument from what I'm saying. Um, but it does go to changing the game a lot and then bragging about like a high score, which I'm not saying I've not witnessed anybody doing in this circumstance. I just want to be very very clear. Um, and I'm not going to dox this person in case they listen to the podcast. They can feel private shame. Uh, but I'm going to talk in generalities. We have a friend who often gets mentioned on this show. <laughs> he bought a game that was made in the last five years. And the person he bought it from on Pinside has the Pinside high score on the game, or at least did a few months ago. When our friend got home, and the high score is ridiculous, by the way. Okay, like... When my friend got home, he looked at the settings in the game, and and the game this particular game seems to have a lot of settings that you can change. Everything was made to super easy. So this guy put all his games super easy, crushed the game because he made it super easy, and then had the audacity to brag about it on Pinside by entering the high score as if he played the same game as everybody else. I'm not mm-hmm. saying anybody in the, who's doing the cheater ramp, so don't get convoluted. It was it just <laughs> reminded me of that story. Right. That game also had um, the other thing our friend told us is this guy was bragging about how his girlfriend or wife also had like blown the game up. And uh, I guess there's a switch broken somewhere on the game. And there's a mode in the game that like because oh, yeah. that switch was broken, it just like just gave out free points like candy on Halloween. Right. <laughs> like so it's just like this is the kind of thinking that happens. OK. All right. We're going to step back from that story. It's, it's not it's not really related it's just related in the sense that somebody who would butcher black knight sword of rage and then brag about their score because you know that there is a person who would do this maybe most people won't all right let's move on to the next it thing is true though because you're not playing the same game you're playing a different game once you once you start changing the way the balls feed and stuff like that yeah yeah uh and turbo asked if uh this was the same guy making ramps for games or was this another person inspired by him no this is a, a different person, but we're going to get to that person. I just thought of one of his that I want to mention. So, all right, let's move on to cheater ramp number two. This is the Iron Maiden 180 degree ramp mod. And uh, I thought of this one after Nick mentioned the, the Black Knight Sword of Rage one, because I saw this one. And some if, if one of our groups of friends was talking about this the one day, and they thought it was cool. And I was like, really? <laughs> like, why would you do this? So... For some reason, this person decided that they wanted to add a ramp to the dead end uh, super jackpot shot on Stern's Iron Maiden, because obviously Keith Elwin didn't know what he was doing when he designed this game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, nice uh, try, so, Keith, but yeah. this guy on pin side found a way to fix your, your broken game. Yeah. So. so, I mean, you should Keith should thank this guy, really, because um, he solved the the glaring problem of not having a ramp there. And I, I failed to see, like, at least on uh, on Black Knight, it's like, okay, the game didn't return the ball to the left flipper very much, and that's something I want. So what, I'm going to add give this them ramp a, Don't give that. them a reason, Kevin. Well, don't give I, them. But here, I, I see zero point of this. Like, what, the ball goes, uh, instead of coming back on the play field, it comes back on a little ramp and puts it basically in the same spot it would have been anyways. I do not see the point of this. Somebody, this is, somebody, this is this is dumber. There's no yeah. doubt. Like this is like, I, I, I'll grant you that. Yeah, 
I'll grant you that. Let me see. I know there's some up close photos. The people so, yeah. who did the Black Knight sort of rage, uh, sort of uh, a mod can at least say, "Well, at least I didn't do that shit to Iron Maiden." Like that's like <laughs> they can at least like look at them and like ha- like a, a snicker. Yeah, here, here, let's let's watch a little little video for for the. Oh, like, oh, that's a great video. <laughs> oh my fucking god! Look at that. Yeah, let's, oh. let's, maybe this one might be a little better. Yeah. So whoop, it just whoop, pops it back and forth. Whoop. <laughs> Wait, why did it go around that time? Whatever. Well, because he hit the other loop. Oh, because that's the, that's the dead end switch, right? That right, he's got? yeah. So instead of hitting the dead end switch, it just comes back. All right, so you're cheating. That's yeah. not how the game plays. Yeah. You you no longer have an Iron Maiden when you do that. You have an Iron Maiden-esque game. You don't... Oh, uh, you can dock... Kevin's doxing people who on Pinside who have signed up for I this. I just wanted to see the number of people that... How many this. cheaters we got? Like 35? Uh, 37? Yeah. 37 cheaters. Yeah, and he had the price oh. here. It was the price was crazy. Oh yeah, I know what you just saw, <laughs> dude. I I feel a little sick in my stomach. Uh, the price was expensive. It was like four hundred dollars or something like that. Uh, How much? Yeah. The ramp doesn't Ruff, even look good, right? Like Ruff, it looks like an yeah. it looks like an eyesore. Yeah, rough estimate. I mean, maybe that's this maybe one. that's a maybe we'll maybe, sorry, Kev. Maybe we'll yeah. match the uh, other ramps, right? Maybe that's just uh yeah, this is this is a prototype in that first post. But they were saying they estimated the price in this one to be in the neighborhood of four to five hundred dollars. And I'm assuming you're gonna have to like screw the ramp into your playfield. Fuck and, that. Yeah. You're basically destroying your game, but Dude, you know, go ahead and do if it. If Keith like. wanted the game to do that, he would want he would have that in there. That's not right. the way the game plays. The game hits a target and comes flying back out of it. That's it. That's how it plays. Do what you want yeah. with your games, but you don't have an Iron Maiden anymore. You have something else. Yeah, so there's your there's your turnaround ramp. <laughs> Kyle Boss is on the list and he doesn't even own a Maiden. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the list. Sign me up. Oh, so bad. All right, well, oh, there you go. And terrible. as we were talking, I remembered this one. <laughs> what is that monstrosity? That is, uh, that's your boy Logan Pinball that everybody likes. Keith, uh, how do you that- feel about all these people fixing your game? <laughs> they're so nice you should just consult they should just write directly to you on maybe you can reach out to them before you complete uh jaws or whatever and uh ask for their approval on where they would stick fucking shots <laughs> one of the like, one. one of the, maybe the best designer like vying for the maybe the best designer of all time like right he's going to be considered one of the best designer crushing it and then he's got amateurs on pin side sticking shit in his game and changing the game around okay i fixed it I don't like it. I made it better. I made it better. Where's uh, I wish you had queued up where that person tried to restore the picture of Jesus. That's what I, that's what I think of. Everybody, I everybody for that. knows what that is. I just wanted to put that gif in there when people were talking about uh, it's not a it's not a gif, but like uh, it's not available. I wanted to put that in there. That's what I think of. Fixed it. <laughs> Fixed it. Uh, so this was uh, this one's brought to us by uh, the the gentleman who fixed TNA by adding ramps to that. Uh, this is the. Um, bridge wireform mod for Godzilla Pro. So he felt that the game, uh, like it was too slow, the ball coming down the, the like spiral ramps to return it to the opposite flipper, or, or to and yeah. Uh, so he made them straight ramps that go straight through the uh, the building to the other side. So wait a minute, uh, wait a minute, yeah. This guy changed it so it doesn't feed to the left flipper anymore? Correct. They, they, sw- they feed to the opposite flippers. So you don't have... Okay. Well, no, this one just doesn't have the other ramp on there yet. 
Oh, he hasn't put it on there yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's gonna have it on there. Right, there you go. There's the full. There there's the go. full deal. Ugh, God, that's ugly. <laughs> Dude, there's nothing wrong with this game. There's nothing wrong. Do what you want but, when you buy it, but it sounds like you don't want a Godzilla. The other thing or, is, or, or the, you the, pretend you're the, better than Keith Elwin and like, yeah. oh, my my game's better. Yeah, the the ramps on Godzilla are designed to give the building time to raise and lower. And if you speed that up, it's going to throw all that off. So they were intentionally designed to to go the speed they are, so you can set up your shots to the to the to the building once it raises and lowers. Oh well, he's God. so well. He's designing for the pro, so that argument would that's be true. I guess the yeah, that's not a an issue on the pro, right? <laughs> but still, <laughs> dude, the the ball's like constantly in motion on Godzilla. You can take a half a second break. It's fucking yep. chill. There you go. But he he fixed it. That's ugly. Just just buy a Rojo. All right. So if you want more, you can you can troll Pinside for other uh, ramp mods. Uh, but that's that's what we got for you. All right. All right. Cheater ramps, everybody. All right. Let's so let's do some game room talk updates. about that again. Yeah. <laughs> Nick, what have you been working on in your game room? What's new? Anything? I put some art blades on. What? Um, All by yourself or did you have help? Well, I, I have to have help because um, someone's got to hold the play field up. So Patrick showed me how to do it on Godzilla. So then last weekend I put uh, our Martha and I put art blades on. Uh, black knight and on mandalorian premium and um at first so so the way I, as everybody knows i can't put my play fields up I, I have to physically hold it up and then somebody else has to do work or somebody else has to hold it up because uh, my ceilings is just too stupid and low yeah take the legs off yeah that's easy easy let's <laughs> do that real quick um <laughs> No, it's it's easier to hold it up and have somebody work on it. So that's what we did. And first I held it up and Martha was trying to put it on. Um, and we almost ended our relationship at that point. <laughs> I wish you were live streaming that. I would have watched that. It, it'd be funny for everybody but me and <laughs> Everybody Martha. but you guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then she's like, you do it. I was like, okay. So, but like, here's the deal. It, it, was, it was pretty straightforward and simple, even without, like, I see people taking the play field off. You can do that. But you can just lean the playfield up and do it. And you can even have somebody holding the playfield up and do it. Um, the key is the way Patrick showed me is to do like the wet method. Um, so, you know, take the sticker off uh, the art blade and then spray it down with some Windex. Right. Like, then you can soak it, but also, you know, put on a, a decent amount, right? Whatever you think might be middle. And then you start at one end and line it and start at the other end. And you kind of like, you know, get aligned with the hole. And because it's it's wet, you can you can slide it a little bit and move it to make those like fine tuned adjustments. And then uh, once it looks aligned, you kind of try to see if there's any bubbles in the middle. If there's bubbles in the middle, you just peel back one end, put it back with the bubbles. You know, some, sometimes there was a little like I'd uh, I'd peel it off many times, put it back, change it around. There was definitely some fussing, but the wet method is is 100% the way to go in my opinion because it gets it allows you to do. Micro adjustments allows you to, to pull it off, pull it back on, put out right, and then it will stick and stay. And I put on enough uh, Windex so it's not like dripping from the side. Like I think maybe one time it did. Not a big deal. You just wipe it off. Oh, and, shoot, the uh, payphone's ringing. <laughs> can you hear the payphone? I can. <laughs> Hang on. Let me see who's calling. Unbelievable. I'm sorry for you uh, people who pay for this. Uh, it's my mom. I'll have to talk to my mom later. 
Mom, I wish it was Scott. It was a Scott. We put him on the air, but so yeah. I, I, I hopefully it, Scott's I still it. around. So it's uh, easy. He, it's Nick approved. Uh, Nick approved fix. <laughs> yeah, hopefully Scott's still around because we have a question for him. What do you the lift cart? So I have to spend two hundred dollars, take the legs off, and then store the lift cart somewhere. Like no, that's not easier. Like holding holding the play field's not terrible. <laughs> Here's the other key ingredient, though. It's the um, let's look up what they're called, but like the uh, art blade protectors that Pinball Life sells. Everybody should own that, whether you have art blades or not. Um, you know, certainly putting the play field up and down over time, you're gonna introduce potential scratches, even if it's just like there's no art blades. Right, the black paint on the side will 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 take some abuse, take some damage. But though, that's maybe one of the best things I own are those art blade plastic protectors. Um, it really gives peace of mind. And, and I never would have bought side, I never bought side art before those things existed, right? Like I was like, and eh, it's kind of cool as side art, but I'm afraid of damaging it. And then it looks pretty bad. Yeah. The, the art protectors are cool. Um, so you did art blades. I have been mostly working on my Matahari. So if you, if you're, for those watching at home, <laughs> you can see the, the table full of crap and parts behind me from the Matahari I've been working on. Uh, our friend Matt's been helping me out diagnosing that. Um, <clears throat> Today, I just got a delivery from Pinball Life, which included new legs, a lockdown bar because it didn't come with it. This is the one that I got from the auction a couple months ago and a, and a thumb lock. And I got new, I only really needed one leg, but I bought a set of four from Pinball Life because that was the only place I could find them. Because look how, look how bent this leg is. <laughs> Holy crap. It's so bad. Like, what did they do to this leg? So, uh, I got, I got a fresh set of legs for it. It's looking good. Um, the lock bar, it, the lock bar receiver is pretty rusty and gross. So I had to like hammer it to get it to open up all the way. I took a screwdriver and like a hammer and pounded it over and got it in, but the lockdown bar is on. Um, I streamed it the other day <laughs> as a joke at the end of my stream. I put the, uh, I put the, the rig over and showed it off. So all the mechanical stuff on it is working now. Finally, um, the lights are sort of working. I've got all the GI back up and running and I've been, slowly working my way through repinning all the connectors on it because uh most of them are really bad because of all the battery corrosion so that's a tedious thing that's been taking me some time but i'm seeing some progress now so that's encouraging and i just got to get to it and and finish that up but and then it's going to be a matter of figuring out which lights are burnt out versus you know which ones are not getting uh the power they need to turn on so uh we're getting there you can play it now um it's coming along so once it's up and running, we'll do a bro show on Matahari, and maybe it'll last two hours. <laughs> um, the old other the other upgrade upgrade in the game room is I upgraded my Wi-Fi, my internet. Um, and if you're, you're, I'm probably late to the game on this, but I got a a Wi-Fi six system. Uh, it's a an Arrow, the the one that Amazon does. And holy crap, is it so much better than my old setup? Uh, I get full speed down here. My I used to have like two routers, and I think they were like screwing each other up a little bit and slowing slowing down my internet past uh, my main router. Um, so now everything works really good. I got it all hardwired in to the three. I have three of the little modules throughout my house, and I get solid solid speed throughout my house. So if you're looking to uh, upgrade your internet, I, I recommend one of these Wi-Fi six systems. They uh, uh, they, they, they do a good job of do, like covering your whole house and also, you know, maintaining the speed across the, a wider network. So I'm sure I'm late to the game, but if you're a streamer and you want to have solid Wi-Fi in your game room for streaming, uh, recommend checking out one of those systems if you haven't. 
And finally, this is not a game room update, but I had I played in a tournament and I did pretty good. I got second in the Skillshot 007 launch party out in Syracuse. Uh, Ryan Zlomek, who you might remember from our show, we had him on and he talked about opening a pinball venue and he did it during the pandemic and give us some uh, some tips and insight on uh, on what it takes to run a successful venue. So uh, they did a great great job out there. had a, had a great time. Uh, cool atmosphere. I like their collection of games too. So they have like basically one wall of new Stearns and then they have a wall of, uh, eighties and nineties, Bally Williams. And then they have another wall of early solid States, um, all kind of around the, the venue and, um, they run a good show the the, uh, run a good tournament. The, the, um, actual execution of the tournament was good. The, the vibe was good. They had, uh, food and drinks as part of the, part of the event so it was not one of those tournaments where you're eight hours in and <laughs> going i haven't eaten anything yet today it was uh it was good um so i would recommend going out there if you're if you're in the area i will definitely be back for for more tournaments out at skill shoddy you know it's like it's about an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes from where i live uh but it's worth a drive i think you know they don't do a lot of tournaments a couple of year but it's wor- worth checking out for sure all right uh, let's do some. We haven't done this in a while, so I said, Kevin, you know, it's a, Kevin, what's up? I wasn't, I wasn't done with my game room updates. Oh, you weren't. I thought, I thought that was all you did. No. All right, what else? I you had a uh, color DMD and a Big Buck Hunter Pro oh, pinball machine. Can I forget it? I saw that in person. Yeah, it's beautiful. So that's it. <laughs> all right, I'm good. What, what's your What's your favorite animation in color on on Big Buck? <sighs> I like how in the attract mode it shows like the digitized video of the animals, like from the oh. game. That's nice. I don't think I paid attention to that. I'll have to uh, I'll have to watch it for that next time. I mean, you can see like the in the um, the replay animation. It does show now in color of like shooting the cow shit. <laughs> so that's that's the replay animation. There so you it's go. In color, just in case there's any doubt what's happening. <laughs> it's crystal clear now. That's right. Love that. All game. right. All right. Cool. Are we ready for Q and A? So we haven't done Q and A in a while. And knowing it was a, a lighter month news-wise, I figured it was a good good time to revisit some some viewer listener Q and A. So I, I put the call out, and we got some good uh, good questions. So the first one comes to us from Sergeant Ski in Discord, and this this kind of plays into our game room updates. He wants to know what are your opinions on what makes a game room better? Like if you were building a game room, what kind of things would be good to have? So Nick Nick wants a higher ceiling, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, we'll take that for granted. So I'm trying to think what makes a game room better. All right, let me take it. Let me try to tackle this. I've, I've not seen these questions yet. So this is off the cuff. Um, one day I would like to build a new game room, like a, like a new kind of custom house, custom game room. And what would I like to see in there? I think, um, certainly like, obviously you got to have the right amount of space as coming to the right amount of height. I think more heights better. Make sure you can fit toppers. Um, I like lighting, right? Like I, like there's like an art to the lighting in the game room. You want to have like you want to be able to see in the game room a little bit, but like you can have the, your game room illum- illuminated just by the games. But I think maybe introducing some other lighting options for ambient lighting in the room is good. I don't know how I would go about doing that per se, but it's certainly a consideration, right, when building the game room and and you know what you're doing for that and i always like to see people's options there's the the carpet right what carpet are you going to go are you going to go kind of that zany i'm a i'm a bowling alley arcade carpet are you going to try to do something a little more understated 
Are you going to go with like maybe like a hardwood floor type of uh, setup? You know, and if you if you do non-rug like a hardwood floor type setup, you're going to have to have um, the games on rubber casters, so you're not scratching the shit out of the floor. Um, those are considerations. Um, what makes a game room better? I think maybe controlling for like a lot of the sound in the room. If you have a lot of people, the flippers clap clacking, so maybe some acoustic treatments. I mean, this we're getting like fancy, really high on thinking, but like there's the acoustic treatment of it, right? Too that's something that I would consider. I think having to me having a bar in some area of the game room uh, is something that I would like to see in there. Um, I think a good obviously this is a pinball show, but like having an arcade game or two in there to make it a complete arcade game room i think that makes sense and then you know the rest is like showing off your personality like kevin has a lot of um albums in his game room of of uh, bands that he likes and that kind of shows off kevin's kevin's personality a bit you know i have things that might might be a little uh, personal to me in my game room i'm showing i'm flexing my trophies or like you know there's uh art that we have in our in our um game room so I don't know if that's a great answer or anything that that's that hasn't been considered. Maybe that people don't think about. Do you, Kev? What am I missing? Yeah, um, I had the luxury of building a, a game room from the ground up, and you know, obviously, if my budget was unlimited, I would have gone, gone a lot different uh, way. You know, you can do a lot more with a lot uh, the more money you put into it. But one of the things I really like about my game room is that it's on the ground floor, so it's it's the back half of my garage, and I'm able to load games and unload games all by myself no stairs involved it makes you know i think about the thought process that you have to go through and the level of commitment you have to go through to buy a new game it's like oh man do i really want to go through taking the head off and having friends over and doing all that i can just be like oh there's a there's a cheap game i'm gonna go grab it play it for a little while and then get rid of it if i don't like it you know what i mean i love that you're, dude, you hit the nail on the head. That is number one, right? That is, and, and it's funny I didn't bring that up. My my thought in designing my game room, number one, it, it, no stairs, right? Like, try to try to do no stairs, no matter what. Whether you're buying a house, looking for a new house, building a game room, try to find something that you can get your games in without having to contend with stairs. That's it. Kevin's got a great point. Kevin is able to rotate his collection a lot more than I can. Because he doesn't have to contend with that and can and can be self sufficient. You know, it was rough during the pandemic when you know we're not having people over and stuff. I I I didn't really do anything with my collection. It was just it was just too difficult. Yeah. So um, I think obviously every game room needs a payphone, so your mom can call during the podcast and uh, and ring off the off the hook. <laughs> but it's you know I, I joke, but it is stuff like that that I think makes uh, the game room a little more interesting. When uh, I had Lee over here the night after I, uh, the night after the first time after I installed that, like everybody was screwing around on a payphone and calling each other, and I'm calling you from a payphone. And Jay took a selfie with the payphone and stuff. So it's like it's like cool stuff uh, that you know. I, I posted a video of it on Instagram, and somebody's like, "This is the biggest flex I've ever seen." Like, meanwhile, I have a game room full of, of pinball machines and arcade games, but the payphone was the biggest flex, uh, the like $200 payphone that I installed. So, um, yeah, it's all, it's all about the things that make it interesting and cool. I like, uh, neon signs. So I have like the neon signs and the, the, um, run DMD clock and stuff like that. Um, you know, any, any little personal touches you can add along the way, um, uh, are, are, are cool things i like console gaming too so i've, I've integrated console gaming and uh arcade and um 
pinball machines. I I personally like arcade games a lot too, so I have a a mix of games. Uh, I think the racing and shooting games are good way to for people who are just casual or non gamers who come over and check out your game room. Um, anybody can can point a gun and shoot it at it, and anybody knows how to drive. So um, you know, those are the kind of icebreaker games that will get people into to playing and, and hanging out and having a good time. Even if they're, even if you're not into, uh, even if they're not into pinball, right? <laughs> yeah. The other thing I would add to that, that I, I definitely want in my game room, um, my, my dream game room is a jukebox. Um, love to get like one of the, I'd rather do like a newer one, but the old style. So the Rockola ones make the ones that look like the, um, was the Wurlitzer kind of, um, bubbler, like a bubbler CD jukebox, but a, a new one, right? So you have to contend with a lot of, uh, potential issues. And, you know, speaking of sound, I would definitely, you know, go all out and put like speakers like in the ceiling too. So if I just wanted to stream music from that jukebox or maybe another audio setup, I have that as, have that as well. Yeah, I like that. Um, we had some recommendations from, from Chad. Uh, they, they were chiming in with their, their uh, things your game room needs. Uh, indoor half pipe, uh, space seating for seating when groups come over. That's a good idea. When I do tournaments and league and stuff. I put like there, I have a hallway outside my game room. I'll put like chairs and stuff out there for people to sit in. It's hard to dedicate space in the game room to furniture when you're not using it all the time. It's like, Oh, I could put a game there. Right. <laughs> uh, instead of a couch. Um, but you know, the having room for people to spread out and relax and get escape a little bit too is good. Um, uh, dog wants a urinal. <laughs> Hopefully you got it in a separate room, not just right by your pinball machines, but you know, I could see that being a thing in your, in the, the game room bathroom. Yeah. Uh, Kyle says a kegerator. I would do, I mean, so I'm going to go straight above that uh, legit bar, right? Legit. Like, uh, I would almost do like a British style pub bar in there. I mean, that, yeah, I think big, if you're going to do it, you're going to go crazy, right? Like I, yeah. I, I think about this routinely. Yeah. I've thought it'd be cool to have like a vending machine, like a soda vending machine that you could put stuff in, but those things just like take so much power. Like, they would just like destroy your energy bill. <laughs> it's like, so they're so inefficient, but just from like the, the aesthetics of it, they have, they make ones that like hang on a wallet. Like that would be cool, but it, it's not something I'd get, but, um, laser tag area, mini jumbotron. Yeah. A, a, agreement on the acoustic panels and stuff. So, uh, there you go. Yeah. So maybe, maybe if you can't get uh, a ground floor game room or like a walkout basement, you could get either an Escalera or I've seen people put in lifts or, hoists or st- instead like crazy solutions but even that like you want to avoid doing that stuff if you can like if you could just walk it in and out it's so much better than Dude, you know, uh, messing around with that stuff an escalator is terrifying for me <laughs> oh yeah like that thing just like look if shit goes wrong you're going to the hospital you're dead <laughs> you know with stairs right like you don't want to be killed by this hobby that's that's my call me crazy so so your uh, recommendation is anything that doesn't kill you Make your life. I mean, this hobby is a crazy hobby, right? We're moving these three hundred some pound games, right? Like, and Kevin's got the ideal setup. Um, you know, he's he doesn't have to contend with stairs. The uh, other thing that you know anybody can do right now, which something that I do is is I love having my game um, plugged into outlets that I can turn on with my phone, right? So like Wi Fi enabled, I can you know hit a bunch of buttons on my phone, and then when I Turn on my entire game room and walk downstairs, and the arcade's ready, right? And there's there's something about that. Like I'm just gonna walk into the arcade and it's ready. Like it, it's a it's a cool experience to have 
you know, it's totally different than like, oh, I'm going to walk downstairs. I got to have my lights on. Then I got to individually walk around, turn on 13 games, turn on Big Buck Hunter, turn on turn on uh, the lights, and then walk upstairs, turn the lights off so I can have the arcade vibe. Like I go, boop, boop, boop. That's how it sounds uh, in my head. <laughs> and then it's ready. Then I go downstairs. Yeah, I see that. Like, you see that whole like vibe of just walking in the arcade and having a good time. Yeah. I like it. I haven't set it up so it plays Journey when I do that, like in, in Tron, but you know, <laughs> that's a flex. That's Speaking right. of, I'm going to, so we're going to get nerdy. I'm going to California in two weeks, and we're going to go to the place where they shot the original Tron movie, where the building where Flynn's arcade was. We're going to go visit it. So I'm like, why not? Let's that's go cool. check it out. There's they're a restaurant in there now. You can go eat, eat uh, Burger and Drive lunch. They're making Tron 3, huh? That's oh, yeah, allegedly. Jaren Leto? Yeah, allegedly. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that. <laughs> we'll see how that turns out. All right, more more Q and A. Thank you, Sergeant Ski. Good discussion on that one. All right, from Dan uh, Psychosonic on Twitter, uh, he wants to know what do you expect will be the initial reaction to the first Scooby Doo pins landing in the next week or two. Um, really hard to say. Obviously, like the people who are in on it and getting it in on early a lot of times there's this bias that they're going to, they they can take a lot of shit, right? Like they're almost like apologists because they've got their dream theme made. And, and I, I understand that, you know? So the, I think that they, they're way more likely to give spooky a pass or do some cope. Like, uh, it's early. It's going to get better. Or I was able to, you know, like they, they can take a lot. So that's what I expect for the early reactions to, to be, you know, we'll, we'll see how it progresses over time. We'll see how it progresses over time. I'm curious to see if they fix their quality issues. I don't think they have, but I'd be curious. That's that's a good step one, which we talked about earlier. Yeah, I think the uh, like I agree that, you know, the people who bought in early are going to be happy with whatever they get pretty much at, at least the start. Right. Um, but then I think the the shine will wear off the, the initial like, ooh, shiny. I got my I'm one of the first people to get this game. And then, then people will start like actually looking at what's there. We'll start hearing about you know any issues that may arise. I mean, with any new game, that's what happens. Um, and then I'm mostly I'm most curious to see how this new board set is going to work out for them. Like we got into this last month about how uh, you know after you know what have they done like six or seven games? They've gone through like four different board sets at this point. Um, it, is this the one that's going to stick? Is it going to be reliable? Is it not going to crash? Or is the play field going to be the right thickness? Is, you know, is the ball going to fall in the cabinet? I want These are all the answers I need. That's what, that's what I'm looking forward to. Questions you shouldn't have to ask yourself when buying a pinball machine, right? And that's, that's kind of the point. Yeah, um, exactly. By the way, shout so, out to, uh, to Donnie in chat. Always good to see you. Donnie's always here on the, uh, on the Saturday mornings. We gotta, we gotta go to, he's, he has Tom he Ballroom. To Love Tom Ballroom, by the way. We should go see <laughs> Snarky Puppy in, yeah. in April, Kevin. All right. Sounds good. Sign me up. All right. Needs more pinball there, though. You know what I mean? Every All right. We got, a, we got a long one here from uh, Josh Oker sent this in via email. He's, it's a multi-part question, so we'll, we'll tackle the first part first. He says, pitch me on open play fields, like, which seem common or as the default physics design on most new games, period. And most new CERNs, certainly. I haven't heard or read any discussion about when playfield designs seem to change to a more fan-based layout where most action is pushed to the top of the playfield. 
Here I'm thinking about design trends by era. Take, for example, Jungle Lord and Flash Gordon versus Rush and Led Zeppelin. Um, this is more of a nerd question than a ratings one. Am I crazy to see a pattern of most new games as having open playfields? When flipping, new games leave me cold, which is fine and well. However, before I write off most new games, as likely not for me, can you tell me what about open playfield gameplay I might be missing? I don't want to be too glib when rolling my eyes at a fan layout style pin where most sharpshooting happens to send the ball up the playfield without a bounce and return it to right back to the in-lane via a wire form. Again, variety is cool, but given how ubiquitous fan slash open layouts are, simply curious how people who like them describe them and why. So I gotta reread that. I was I was uh, Donnie's hooking us up with uh You want me to reread? <laughs> I don't think the I don't think the I don't think anybody who's listening to this podcast want you to read. That's a lot there. Okay, so the 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 cliff notes is okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The cliff notes is open play fields, why are they so popular right now? And uh why don't we see more games like the older stuff like Flash Gordon and Jungle Lord that had like two level play fields and you know more stuff, I guess, closer to the flippers versus sharp shots far away that are safer returns to the player. All right. Well, let's tackle this. I mean, his his example says, um, take for example, Jungle Lord and Flash Gordon versus Rush and Led Zeppelin. Like, I mean, Rush is not exactly an open play field design. There's there's shots close to the flipper, especially on the on the left hand side of that. So that's not an open play field. Certainly, Led Zeppelin is. Um, you know, I, uh, all right, let's, let's continue. Oh, uh, this is more of a new, uh, am I crazy to see a pattern? Most new games as having open play fields. Um, I don't, I don't know, Kevin, what do you, what do you, I mean, like these, I, I think that there's some tried and true, uh, play field layouts that people tend to like in that sell well and work. So, uh, I think designers certainly want to play it safe and stick with designs that are well received and and do work. I think um you know, like Black Knight sort of Rage Pro is is a fan layout per se, but it's also not an open play field. I mean, if you miss a shot, the the uh, shots are so close to the flippers that you probably will brick and drain. Same with Mandalorian. So those are two games that I can think of off the top of my head. And even Rush on the left side, if you miss, you're going to play Brick and Drain. So they're not all following this kind of open play field. And, and when you say open, I take it to mean that there's a lot of space on the play field that's not utilized with shots or posts or pop umbers, right? Like Godzilla is, is, is kind of an open play field. There's a lot of space that's just not used in the Balkan roam. Why might we see things like that? Well, you know, there's people that don't like Black Knight because it's brutal. And I think that's really punishing towards a more casual and newer player. Same with Mandalorian. Mandalorian does well on location, does well for, for me as an operator, does well for other operators because of the theme, and people will play it regardless. But I do see complaints that it's too hard. I don't. I, I love that that it's hard, right? I think it's easier to get away with making a game that has that's a little easier open play field more space more forgiveness right you have an open play field less things for the ball to bounce off and drain now do i have a preference for one or the other i think years ago i used to say i, I like I, I i i i i do like games where the shots are way back and i think i was saying that because we didn't see a lot of those like we didn't see a lot of like the 24 kind of layout you know there's like 24 has shots way back 
Led Zeppelin kind of mimicked that in, in some way. So it, it was just nice to have something different. I, I think I like a variety. And at the end of the day, it's how do the shots feel and how are the shots incorporated into the rules? Um, hopefully that answers the question. Kevin, yeah, think? I think I think it's giving people what they want, what, what sells, you know? Uh, people want to feel like they're good at pinball and giving people shots that return to flippers safely. Uh, if you make a shot, it makes you feel good and it makes you, it gives you another chance to take another shot without having to recover the ball. Um, and you know, if Stern makes say a Mando and Mando doesn't sell as well as a Godzilla, maybe some of that is the fact that the game is more punishing or whatever, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into a, a play field design and why it sells and, and, you know, it's theme and music and assets and all that stuff. But, uh, if they see a trend over time that, the players buy more of the games with the open layouts that they can have longer play times on, then maybe that's what they make. And, you know, they have to walk a, a balance of sure. Um, it's good for a home player, but on location you want people putting more money in. So, uh, operators probably like a game like Mando better than a Godzilla, unless the game is so hard. People don't end up playing it again. Right. You got, you got to find like this middle ground, a, a good balance of giving people, enough gameplay for their money, uh, but also not making it so long that, that the operator is not making their money either. Yeah, and look, and you, you mentioned Jungle Lord. Like, look, they have black... Like, the way the shots are on Jungle Lord in proximity to flippers, it's kind of the same as they are on Black Knight sort of Rage. It's kind of the same as they are on um, Game of Thrones. It's kind of the same they are on Mando. So we are getting games that still have shots closer to... Um, you know, the flippers. I think I think we've been getting pretty good variety there. I think that, you know, if you like games like that, there are games like that that exist today. Um, Black Knight Premium LE does kick you to an upper play field. Like the, maybe you're alluding to on like Flash Gordon uh, or Jungle Lord. And so does Game of Thrones Premium and LE. I mean, coincidentally, they're kind of similar in design philosophy, right? I mean, they, they play differently, but those games do exist. For sure, yeah, yeah, I agree. I think we're not all current pinball is is fan layout or shots far away. We're getting a good mix, and you know maybe if you're you know try like Jersey Jack games or a P three game or you know if you're getting kind of it to me it seems like this person is more getting just like bored of new Sterns all the time. So maybe if there's some other manufacturers or go back to play some Bally Williams games. Um, you know, mix up the things that you're playing. Because if you do play a single manufacturer all the time, they do start to feel samey after a while. So, you know, mix up what what you're exposing yourself to. Go back, you know, I mean, there's 100 years of history in pinball. So go back and, you know, explore the, the classics. Um, see what other manufacturers are putting out. And, and uh, you know, I think there's there's enough out there, both classic and modern, that you're going to find something that you like. It's a, It's a good question, right? Like, you know, I, I know what I think I know what you're saying. And, you know, fan layouts can be a little bit boring. I think uh you know, Mando's a fan layout, but it's fun. I I, I don't it's not a baby game fan layout, right? Like sometimes to me, fan layouts can be too easy or long playing, but again, it's how how are the rules incorporated that? Is it supposed to be a long playing game? Well, then that makes sense. It should be a little easier. All right, let's move on to uh question number two. Okay. This is for me. Uh yeah. go ahead, Kev. 
Uh, since it's for you, I'll ask it to you. When when a game yeah. is on location, how much does it need to make per week or per month for it to be worth it to you? For an individual pin, what is both the expected return for you to be satisfied with the title or conversely the minimum threshold under which you would pull it and replace it with something else? Location being equal on your business of pinball episode, you mentioned offhand something like if a pin was doing $40 a week or something, you'd pull it from that bar. So... <sighs> It's different for me because this is um, certainly it's this is a side business, right? Uh, it's not my main source of income. I do it for reasons in addition to making money. If this was my full time job, I'd be probably way more aggressive and could really give you better um, figures in terms of what I want to see a pin make. I have some games out there now at a at, at a location where it's just not they're not making they're not earning much, right? And I've been thinking recently about pulling those games and maybe putting someplace else. But the problem for me is that I don't have a lot of time to invest in this business. So I'm okay settling for, you know, those games may be making less than they, they should be. And it, it comes down to a personal thing, right? Like what if every operator might have a different criteria, like they maybe want the game paid off in a year or two years or three years, right? They, they, they probably have an idea of when they're happy with, when it should uh, be paid off. And that's probably going to vary by the market that they're in. Uh, certainly a larger market, a larger city, maybe where there's not a lot of competition, they can be more aggressive in terms of what they want to see it make um, versus a smaller city and area. So um, not an exact answer, right? My, my situation is, is somewhat unique, um, but it hopefully gives you some idea. I, I would say that if I was doing this in Buffalo for full-time hobby, um, I'm sorry, full-time work, I would try to have these things paid off in three years, I think would be my minimum, try to get three-year payback. And if it wasn't on track to do that, I would, I would, uh, you know, move it around until it at least got to that with the ideal being like a year. That'd be like, I'd be ecstatic if this thing paid for itself in a year. Are you, are you factoring in resale value when you talk about paying it off or no? You're just like earning enough it's paying, to paying buy for itself. Yeah, okay. paying for itself. The game is seven thousand dollars. It's you know cover the cost of the game in in that period of time before it's generating a profit, right? Okay. Yep, makes sense. Um, uh, related question from Sergeant Ski he said he would like to hear Nick's thoughts as an operator about the bubble and whether the current pricing is going to either force people out, kill the market, or drive a consolidation. Yeah, I, I see you put bubble in quotes, and I probably because you and I are on the same page with this. I mean, I've been hearing about a pinball bubble probably since I got into the hobby in 2010, right? Um, you know, is, is this a bubble? Is it not a bubble? I don't know. Eventually, it's maybe going to be a bubble, right? You keep on saying it long enough, it, it, it will happen. But here's the reality of the situation. You've got, this is, this is bad news, right? You've got pinball, the cost of a new pinball machine going up quite, quite rapidly. You've got... Also, less people going out and playing pinball than pre-pandemic. You know, I, I'm going to throw out maybe we're roughly at 80%, right, of what it was pre-pandemic. So we're making less money, period. How much can somebody get squeezed on that? I, I, I don't know. I, honestly, not sure. I wanted to actually, I was curious, I was going to reach out to Zach at Flipping Out and ask him if he's seen a decrease in pinball orders versus like last year and what, what trends he's seeing. Cause I'm, that's like a economic indicator to me, right? When people are buying less of these expensive toys, 
things are slowing down. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I, I, I really don't know. I really don't know. I think to be successful as an operator, you need to have a lot of locations and a lot of machines and critical mass in machines and locations. And then, uh, you can certainly make money that way. And, and as long as these games tend to hold their value or even go up a little bit, you can have a nice little business. And, you know, I've, I've had this conversation with my business partners and I, and I think that we're going to see pinball trend up, um, you know, and trending up, I mean, like people coming into the hobby and interest in people accumulating and collecting for at least another 10 years, at least, I think it's going to be 20 years, right? You know, Kevin and I are both in our forties. Kevin, do you have any plans to get out of the pinball hobby anytime soon? Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm in it. Maybe I'm not going you anywhere. Know. I'll probably be collecting for the rest of my life, right? Like, hopefully, maybe I have a good another 40 years left in me or so. Who who knows? And I think there's a a lot of collectors in the range of, you know, 30 years old to maybe 60. And maybe the median or sweet spot is somewhere in the 40s. So I would look at it like this. There's going to be that desire for pinball machines for the next 20 years pretty easily. I'll reassess 20 years from now, where is it headed? Do we continue to see, you know, as, you know, these kids grow up... And they become in their 30s, and then they start collecting pinball machines. And I think pinball machines are sort of, I don't want to say becoming normalized in seeing in, their, in, in somebody's house, but I'm happy to theorize that, look, in the 80s or 90s, you didn't see a lot of pinball collections in the house because they were everywhere. You know, you didn't think to put a pinball machine. When, the, the, when it dried up and they were not on location, these pinball machines started going into houses, and then you go to somebody's house and you see they have a pinball machine, and you're like, shit, I never considered having a pinball machine in my house. So then more people start putting in their house. And as you know, if you've bought a pinball machine, typically they multiply. You don't just have one. You start buying more. I th- so I think more people are coming into the hobby, certainly than people who actually leave the hobby at, su- at a significant rate. You know, we see more people coming in and, and competing year after year. We have an economic disaster in the next 10 years. Sure, that might, you know, you might see a glut of pinball machines or prices come down as people selling it. But I don't think the desire to own or have pinball machines in a house is going to change anytime soon. And I also don't see us going back to the 80s or 90s where pinball machine is everywhere. And you're like, why would I have this in my home? It's just like I'm, I'm tripping over pinball machines when I leave my house. And also people are spending more time at home. So again, long story short, I think next 20 years, we're still going to see an increase in desire and demand in pinball machines. How fast does the price go up? Does it retrace a little bit because of something bad in the marketplace? Maybe, perhaps, but, you know, bullish bullish on pinball, Kevin. Yeah, I'm with you. Because even if you look at, like, the, the financial crash of 2008, yeah, pinball took a hit. And, it, you know, things, are, things, things got real close to shutting down. But they didn't. And then after that, it was this massive boom that's been carrying on through, through today. So I think, you know, if there's going to be ebbs and flows over the years, but... I think in um, on the on the grand scale, the the long tail of of pinball, it's an upward trend for sure. Um, and if if we got Scott Denise in chat still, we have a we got a question for him because I think this person thought Scott was going to be on the show. Wants to know if Scott regrets selling his aftershock Earthshaker. So if he's in chat and wants to answer that, we'll 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 let you know his answer to that. All right. I love and, I love uh, seeing posts by the way when people are like I love seeing posts where people are like my first pinball machine. That's yeah. beautiful. I tear up a little bit. It's, it's great. <laughs> let's uh, while we while we wait and maybe get an answer from Scott, let's thank our partners, shall we? You want to do the honors, or should I? 
Uh, sure. We want to thank our premier partner, Pinstadium. Pinstadium Lights, it is the premier lighting kit for your pinball machine controlled by iOS, Android app. Uh, light up your pinball machine with Pinstadium lighting kits. He's got a new, he's got a new one out too. It's a Pinstadium Neo, was it Alpha? Pinstadium Neo, I'm going to, I think. <laughs> I'm sorry, Scott. I'm we love you, Scott. Thank you. We love you. Um, all right. Here's why well, I was checking it out the other day. And while I'm uh, doing a terrible off-the-cuff ad read, what I like about it is it's it, he's found a way to do an even um, slimmer profile to it, right? So it's uh, it's it's thinner, but it's just as good as the uh, so it's it's Adam, Adam, ne- the Neo Adam. Um, so yeah, great uh, great product. Highly recommend. Ten percent off when using code Buffalo. Other sponsors very quickly: Comment Pinball, Flipping Out Pinball.com, PinballRaffle.org. Titan Pinball, Multimorphic, Pinside.com, and Jersey Jack Pinball. All right, thank y'all. Um, and with that, uh, let's uh, let's bring you over here. Um, thanks again for another month. Uh, we're gonna you can follow us on all the social media channels if you haven't yet. Uh, if you want to send us a question, and we will answer it on the show if it's a good one. Make it a good question, and we'll answer it. Uh, talkpinball at gmail.com. Yeah, we got good questions. I like I like those. I like that. And, we did um, yeah it was a it was a good good month for some q a um if you want to support the channel you can subscribe to us on twitch or share your twitch uh prime gaming what are they calling it now amazon gaming whatever they're calling it now uh you get a free sub per month uh to any channel on twitch we'd appreciate it if you shared that with us uh you can send a paypal donation to buffalo pinball at gmail.com or you can drop a review a five-star review and we we should thank so after after we shared our one star review last month that somebody shared, you know the, the 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 spooky owner who was was not too thrilled with our our take on spooky pinball machines, um, we got numerous five star reviews on on iTunes. So thank you for that. I'm really grateful. Let's read one of them. A lot of okay. good reviews. Um, so so thank you guys for taking you know five minutes out of your day. It's 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 kind of you. We hear you. We see you. We appreciate you. All right. This is this is one. Just, you know, just randomly, randomly picked it. Randomly picked it. Here <laughs> randomly selected. Best Pinball Podcast is the title from, uh, looks like Skywalker, SQ Walker. All right. This is by far the best pinball podcast. Base. I like it. He's not wrong. Uh, uh, they have great insight and honest opinions, impressions, and reviews. Nick is hilarious with his no holds bar attitude with each manufacturing game. It's refreshing. Send him a fucking mug, Kevin. Mug for that guy. <laughs> mugs. Oh, mugs. I was thinking of giving them less than five stars until they started talking about playfield artwork dildos. Definitely five stars, baby. <laughs> the reviews are in, folks. That's right. We got we got new merch too. If you there's another way you can support the channel. Uh, exclamation point merch in chat if you're watching on Twitch. You get yourself a sweet Buffalo Pinball mug. We do a terrible job hyping. I didn't even know we had mugs. I forgot. We do a terrible <laughs> job. We probably should hype some of the we're in a weird place with merch, but we do have some merch. Yeah, that, the that Streamlabs nice. got good stuff. Yeah, it's um, good. Yeah, there's another good good review too. You got it? You got that one pulled up too, or no? <laughs> no, you got it. Go ahead. Maybe I maybe I didn't see the uh, like a more recent one. Let me see. Uh, I'll get it. it. It's fun to it's fun to read people saying nice things about us instead of bad things all the time. Ah. All right, here we go. Um. No, I, I would I, say there's bad things all the time. That's no. not really. But we case. we tend to focus on the bad things. Oh sure, <laughs> yeah. sure. We're hashtag uh, positivity. Yeah. The uh, t- title: These guys are pretty funny. From Briscoe's horse. I'll take it. T- it took a stars, while to grow on me, but now I am hooked. 
Also, yes, Spooky has some serious issues, and you guys are spot on. Keep on the gr- keep up the great work, boys. So there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good stuff. Right, let's do one. Let's do one more. One more. One more. La- latest episodes are a knockout. Hey guys, longtime listener and YouTube viewer, but your last few episodes around Spooky are hilarious, and the remarks about hobbyists are spot on. Thank you for being honest and reviews overall, regardless of manufacturer, instead of a mindless cheerleaders. Keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Uh, all right, are we right, done patting so ourselves on the back? We're done. We're done. Well, okay. actually, it was them patting us on the back and then us t- reading. It's, it's pretty. Know. It's pretty meta. It's it, pretty it meta. Is, it is. Uh, but don't go anywhere because I know y'all have been hanging out for the latest episode of Topper Talk with Goran. We got that coming right at you, uh, right next. But until next time, have a good month, and we'll see you on the channel. It's Topper Talk with Goran right now. Let's all have some fun. This is about plastic on top of your pin. Go and buy one now. There's a topper here and a topper there. Here a topper, there a topper, everywhere a topper. It's critical to the gameplay experience. You must buy one now. It's your monthly fill of toppers right now. Topper Talk with Gorin. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Topper Talk with Gorn, the part of the podcast where Kevin and Nick give me about three to five minutes to talk about everything happening in the very active and profitable Topper community. Now, today we're going to throw back to an older, simpler Topper, but also a very neat one, and that Topper is for the Who's Tommy Pinball Wizard Pinball Machine, so let's head into the office and talk about it now. All right, so here we are in the office, and let's jump right into it. So as you can see, we're talking about uh, the Who's Tommy Pinball Wizard. And the topper on it is a very simple topper. Um, the Who's Tommy, uh, a big part of it is obviously song Pinball Wizard. So that's how the um, pinball machine got its name. And naturally, they wanted to put a giant pinball on the topper. Now, there's something really cool about this pinball. When I saw it, I thought, okay, they just put a big ball bearing up on top and that that's what it is. Um, but... But I played it for the first time the other day when I walked up to it and looked at the topper. There was something pretty cool that I saw. It actually has on top of the back box artwork that is mirrored inside of the pinball. And it says official Tommy pinball wizard and it points to the player, which I thought was a really, really neat touch. Something that I wasn't expecting and uh, put a smile on my face. You can see that here from this photo as well. You can see how it's um, painted on to the top of the back box so it reflects uh, into the pinball. It's very simple. It's not electronic. It just sits up there. But if you remember, the purpose of toppers uh, back in the day, they usually came with the game um, and more operators were people who bought pinball machines. And the purpose of the topper was to attract a customer over to that new game to play it. And that's exactly what this giant pinball on top of a machine does it's shiny it attracts people over but it also puts a smile on someone's face when they see that fun little nod and lettering inside of the uh reflection of the of the pinball on top so you have a positive experience it gives you a positive lasting memory in in your mind um so i think this topper does its job and for what it is it's a really really awesome piece to sit on top of the pinball machine Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Topper Talk with Gordon. Tune into the next podcast for another episode. And as always, get out there and buy a topper. Thank you for coming to my Topper Talk. Mm-hmm.